Welcome to the Frontline Herbalism Podcast with your host Nicole Rose from the Solidarity Apothecary. This is your place for all things plants and liberation. Let's get started. Hello, welcome back to the Frontline Herbalism Podcast. This is the seventh episode in the series all about the medical self-defense network. So if you haven't listened to any of the other episodes, the first one talks about what is MSTN, what work are they doing around the world. And the second episode, we dive into like some of the political principles around self-defense. So this is episode seven and it's an interview with Alexis from France. He is a street medic who's active in different movements and is sharing some of the horrific tendencies and changes in the police force in France, the weapons they're using that are literally killing people and yeah, how to respond to those as a medic. We talk about how medics are organising in France, different training, some of the challenges involved, especially with the kind of increase in weaponry and just generally like how does this work fit in this kind of framework of medical self-defence and one of the things I love that Alexis says is if you can't treat your wounded, you will lose the battle and I think that's, yeah, I think that's really important in terms of the politics of care and how we're looking after ourselves in these kind of struggles for liberation which are often you know directly contending with the state so I hope you enjoy this episode it was really fun to record and yeah please check out the links in the show notes for the resources mentioned and yeah and listen to the next episode which is a recording of a text that was written all about kind of practical responses to this kind of weaponry that the police are using in terms of street medics so it will be like super useful for anyone doing this kind of work around the world. All right, take care. Hey, oh, thank you so much for joining the call. Um, please, can you introduce yourself, your pronouns and like any political affinities or projects or like anything else you'd like to share about yourself? Yeah. Hi. So I'm Alexis. Um, pronouns he, him. Uh, I'm from MSDN. And I, let's say, have a kind of anarcho-communist background. Okay, perfect. And are you part of a collective that is doing street medic work or is it something you do kind of independently? Well, for now, it's mostly something I do independently. Uh, I was part of a team before and I'm like in between two teams. I'm trying to reach out for teams in the nearest uh, city where there is a lot of demonstrations and happening and so right now I'm kind of in the middle of something like of two different things but uh, yeah I'm mostly doing it uh, independently. Okay nice and like what kind of um, work does it involve like the street medic work or the riot medicine or I don't know how you phrase it like what kinds of injuries are you responding to regularly? Well, um, usually it's a lot of uh, light injuries, um, like bruises, small open wounds, uh, slap nose, uh, this kind of thing, or tear gas. Um, but we also very often face uh, heavier injuries because of the weapons that are used by the cops in France, um, like massive bleeding, big open wounds, part of a limb, or even an eye uh, torn off. Wow, yeah. Like, I think... Like, obviously, like, everything has been really kicking off in France, right, recently. And I think for us in England, like, we always have, like, like a bit of a crush on France of just, like, your street resistance is, like, so phenomenal. <laughs> like, there's, you know, like, I do lots of medic work at demos and there's just, like, hardly anything, like, ever happens. Um, 
you know, there was like a riot a couple of years ago in Bristol and it was like the one time I had like a terrible sinus infection. So I was at home with a temperature and I like missed the whole thing. But yeah, like I can see from a distance in France, like how there's just this like quite intense level of violence from the police. And I know police violence happens absolutely everywhere. Like that's the purpose of police. But can you share a little bit about like the kinds of like weapons police are using in France? Well, yeah, um, uh, sure. <laughs> um, there's different types of weapons. Uh, the most common, uh, and I think the most broader used by like different police is police in, in, in different countries in Europe, uh, would be tear gas and their sticks. Um, but there's also like a lot more, uh, weapons that they use in France. Um, also because they are very, um, policing technique if it's if it's right uh is to maintain the crowds at a distance and to avoid as much contact as they can even though we saw in the last years uh special units uh, appearing to really go into contact but mostly like the the police forces uh the different police forces in france have this uh strategy and tactics to maintain the crowds at a distance um and so they use uh more and more weapons um they have this uh explosive grenade um uh, we call it blast effect because it's it's creating a blast and it's very very strong it's there's shrapnel coming out of it it's it's basically like a war grenade but just a little bit less powerful um they also have uh like kind of mix of tear gas grenade and explosive grenade they have a single grenade which launch a bunch of rubber blocks around. Um, they have this rubber bullet, um, before they use a kind of flash balls, like, like round balls of, of plastic or rubber, but they, they found it not, uh, um, not, not working uh, as good as they would. So they, 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 they created another weapon with a, I think it's a Swiss company, um, and it's kind of a very large and, and thick, uh, rubber bullet, um, that creates more damage when it, it hits the, the body. So the munition, ammunition absorbs a less impact. So it's more impact for the body. And they also have, uh, in the recent, uh, riots, uh, in the, in the suburbs, they they even used uh, police forces that are not normally used for um, maintaining like law and order in the streets, and more for uh, hostages situation or terrorist attack situations. Uh, and they used um, two weapons that we call here, uh, or like, I mean, that are called bean bags, and it's like small, like fabric bags somehow filled of uh, plastic or mostly uh, lead um, small balls so they yeah they they use more and more things and they also bring weapons to the 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 circle of of uh, uh, maintaining order in the streets that are normally not used in this field of action and so it's it's growing more I would say as the police violence is growing. And 
like where are these weapons kind of coming from like are they like coming from like the military or like private industry like promoting them like you know is there any explanation other than just like how the state constantly wants to defend itself but like is there any explanation in terms of like the increasing use of of force and these different weapons well yeah um so yeah first it's it's mostly private industry um i mean uh, some of these weapons like the the more recent uh what we call flashball but are not actually flashballs but mostly kind of thick rubber bullets um <clears throat> it's coming from the military somehow because it was created if i'm not mistaken by a swiss company as i said and it was uh, seen by french police uh, officers uh like high ranked uh, officers as uh too dangerous to be used in france so they tested it in they they gave a bunch of it to the israeli defense forces israeli army and they tested on palestinian people um and and they they found it uh, very efficient so they they brought back like the the debrief of like the use of these weapons on palestinian people and then they they said okay we can use it on our uh citizens on on french people or actually and they it's also something that is used in in the us a lot we can see it in, in a lot of demonstrations um and and so it's coming kind of from the military but it's a private company at the beginning um as for the the explosive grenades like the blast effect and the single grenade it's also kind of coming from the military but it's uh, weapons that are specifically developed for police forces um and i think we can explain this by as you said it's it's kicking off in france uh, lately but it's kind of always kicking off in france so i'm i wouldn't say that we have a a political class that is worse than other countries not at all actually uh, it's, it's far worse in in other countries but I think uh, they, the, the French people have a tendency to express when they're not happy about the the politics and express it in a very radical way somehow. And what happened also in the last 10 years, let's say, is more and more uh, destruction of social, um, social um, health, um, work of everybody, everything that is, is building the society as we know it. So the condition of, of workers, the wages, whatever, uh, health workers, building workers, whatever. And so everything was destroyed slowly and slowly, and it's, it's still the case. And not talking also about the, like how the police is acting in the suburbs or, or things like this. And so it, it's really something that is growing more and more. And there were a lot of social movements in the last decade. So... They also introduced new weapons in this context um, because I think at one point people were just so pissed that they <clears throat> they they thought to just don't care about what the police was uh, using against them in terms of, of weapons and ammunition. And we saw it during the Yellow Vest, for example. Most of the people involved in this uh, movement were regular people. Most of them were not even going to demonstration before, maybe. and what we saw is that they 
they put police in a very very difficult situation a lot of times and in a lot of places in the in the in the country so they they brought new weapons and i think it's this this kind of growing violence and growing uh, discontent of of the people that led the police forces and the government to increase the use of of weapons uh, which again most of them are uh, meant for defense uh, for the police officers uh, like the thimble grenades for example uh, the one we throw a rubber block uh, around they are created for the situation as for example a group of, of police officers is is surrounded by by demonstrations or, or black bloc or whatever uh, what they call individuals or like hostile individuals and they are supposed to throw it on the ground to like break through and open a path to be able to escape but what we see in 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 the in real situations on the on the ground is that it's never used as it's meant to be and that's why there's also so much people wounded in the demonstration in France with these weapons or, or the others it's because they never really use the the weapons and ammunition uh as they are as it's written on the book let's say um so yeah increasing violence uh and increasing violence on the side of the demonstrations of course is making increasing violence in the side of, of police officers also not to justify that it's or say it's good or whatever but it's just it's um kind of the the, the snake uh biting it, its own tail it's uh, it's a never-ending process because the more the police is violent, the more the people in front of them will react violently to kind of react to defend to defend themselves. And the more they react, the more the police will say, "You see, we have to react more." And so it's a, also the kind of principle of uh, I don't know how to say in English, but uh, graduate uh, in the level of answer of violence of uh, that you that you put to answer the crowd. And what we see also is that it's never really done as written on the book. Again, it it they start the the um, the fight most of the time to prevent a fight. So it's of course a kind of weird dynamic, but it, it creates a lot of violence in the streets. Yeah, I mean it. Like it makes sense, and I think I think that's why like this this kind of political framework of like self defense is really important, right? Of when the police are introducing these weapons, which, like you said, they are, uh, you know, being experimented on with uh, people in Palestine. Um, it's just, yeah, absolutely horrific. Like, can these weapons, like, be life-threatening? Like, has anyone been killed um, by their by their use in France, do you know? Yeah, yeah, sure, actually. It's, it's really something that is uh, uh, very sadly quite common in France. Um, just as a reminder... A lot of these grenades, for example, that we are talking about are classified uh, in France as A2, which is literally war weapons. It's not like war weapons. It It, it is la like real war weapons. So it's not the weapons that the military, French military, for example, would use on the uh, in their operations, but it, it's classified in the same category. So less powerful, maybe, but still less ca same category. And and very sadly, yes, a lot of people died from police weapons. A, a lot of people lost their eyes, their hands, their foot, or like ability to walk correctly or to, I don't know. A lot of people were shot in the in the lungs. Uh, 
So uh, very often that a, a rib is broken and, and pierced uh, a lung or something. Uh, yeah, yeah, a lot of people every year, oh, at least a couple, I would say a couple dozen people die every year from police weapons. Most of, of these people are, uh, again, living in the suburbs or in, in areas of the cities that uh, the power would describe as like less important or like the people uh, from immigration or people of color and that are are more a target for uh, police violence than white people, of course. I mean, it's now widely known. Um, but yeah, a lot of people died. Um, a lot of people are, are in, in every demonstration, there is a lot of wounded and every single one, and a lot of people die every year. Wow, and like how how are like you all responding to it as medics? Like I know you mentioned you're kind of um in between collectives and stuff. Like I wondered, like are are medics kind of organized in any way in France? Like do you have like gatherings or trainings together or is it just like much more autonomous? Yeah, like how how are medics kind of like responding to this in France? Like how are they organizing? Like are they working together in any way? Like do you have any kind of skill sharing or training? Um because you know as a movement it's like a really huge thing to respond to, right? And I just wondered what it looks like um for you and also like in France like more generally well um in terms of uh, organization i'm i would say kind of new in the game because uh, i was out of it for a long time also for travels and and different reasons so i'm mostly back into into street medic because of msdn actually <clears throat> and uh so now i'm i'm trying to reach out to different groups and collectives but yeah i'm i'm trying to create a link between um, what comrades are doing uh, in my place uh, since a very long time and MSDN, uh, which means I'm trying to reach out to networks that are existing in France, uh, um, mailing lists or, or signal groups or, or whatever, uh, but different networks are existing. Um, some are about m medicine or like me medical workers at all, so it can be doctors, it can be biot medicine, it can be it can be a lot of things. But also, there is a, in in every city, in every bigger city, there is a uh, at least one team of street medics. Um, in the in the city I work, for example, there is a I think two teams, two different teams of street medics. It's not a lot, considering like the amount of people, but yeah, it's it's still still something. A lot of uh, Comrades also are uh, in different networks. Uh, some are uh, managing an ambulance, an autonomous ambulance, for example. Some are giving education every now and then to different people. They actually, I have um, friends uh, where I live who who train the uh, different street medic teams in different cities uh, with a very good uh, training that I myself uh, attended uh, some a uh, couple of years ago um it it's still i would say a bit disconnected there are networks that are, that connect people from different parts of the country but it's still kind of disconnected and one of the things i would like to do also with MSDN is to try to, to connect it all together at least with all the people that want to connect together and see the meaning of it I'd like to try to make a kind of common room for everybody 
uh, and invite them to the network, of course. Um, as I, I think it was explained uh, in the in the first podcast, uh, how it works and how we work as a as a network. So maybe there's no need to come back on this on this topic. But yeah, there, there's a, a lot of um, skin shares, for example. Um, but it stays on the level of cute medic. And even if in France it's quite a high level, I would say, um, still sometimes I'm afraid that we jump to this kind of uh, more, that, that we jump from riot medicine to wounds that are more related to war medicine. And so I think we saw the increase of, of um, police brutality and violence and, and weapons in, in the last decade. And I think we are heading towards uh, something that will more look like war medicine. So I think there's a need also for to prepare this in advance for people to be ready. Um, and I think it's one of the roles that MSDN can cover in France also. Wow, yeah. I mean, yeah, it does feel like I recorded the interview with the comrade in the so-called US in East Tennessee. And like, yeah, we were talking about gunshots and how it's like super common like on demos or just in general life and like yeah it really does feel like across the world like we're moving in this direction of like more and more kind of organized violence like from the state or from fascists and like needing to respond to that with like more grassroots medical knowledge around responding to these injuries right um so one of my favorite moments with a french street medic was um last year i was it yeah it was last year um went to went to Poland when the invasion started in Ukraine and um was just kind of doing like a recce for this Ukraine herbal solidarity project and um yeah got to hang out with some medics from France and um the the friend was saying that basically like um they would kind of like sometimes come up against like other medic infrastructure, for example, medics who were in the yellow vest movement who were like, you know, doctors or paramedics, for example, like working in like state healthcare. And um, these medics like didn't want to work with them because they kind of classified them as not like qualified in their like professional context. Um, but this comrade had like, you know, like many, many years of experience, like huge amounts of self-education. They'd gone to like all sorts of trainings. Um, and a friend of theirs actually made a joke, like made like a riot medicine diploma, like to stick on their wall. Um, and I just thought that was like really cute and really funny. And, you know, like I understand the complexities around like medical training um, and, you know, like skill sharing and like, you know, safety. Like I understand the difference the different elements, but I just wondered like what, what your thoughts are in terms of um, this kind of like hierarchy or kind of professionalization of medicine and like where, where we fit as kind of like more kind of like anarchist street medics, for example. Yeah. Um, we, we definitely can feel sometimes, uh, uh, even if, if not in the street, uh, sometimes in discussions with, uh, like you said, like more formal or state workers, health workers, um, or at least in the, in the, in the official network of, of health care, we can definitely feel sometimes this kind of, uh, you know, they, they look at us from, from up and they, and they, yeah, they say we don't have a diploma or something like this. Uh, but I remember one time I was discussing, discussing with a, a man who was a, a doctor 
in the hospital and he was telling me that it, it's very dangerous what I do because I basically have no health diploma. I'm not paramedic or whatever. And um, he said it, it's very dangerous to treat people if you don't have the knowledge and the diploma that can attest that you have this knowledge and stuff. And I, when I when we talked further about this topic, I said that I was uh, also doing medical work in a war zone. And and then it switched kind of. It was it switched from like you you don't know what you're doing. It's dangerous. From like holy fuck, I never done that, and I wouldn't be able to do it. So it would probably take a lot of courage to do that. And, well, maybe you're qualified after all. So <laughs> I don't know. Probably I'm not that much qualified, I am I would say. But I think I'm qualified enough to work. And it's the case of a lot of comrades. And it's true that it's, it's kind of a gray zone in France, um, I would say, because you can, for example, I'm I'm qualified enough to do some work not all the work in medical health uh, work or whatever, but I can I can help. And if someone in front of me in the street uh, have a problem and I just go without helping, I can be, I can be, um, I can have problems with the justice for non-assisting someone who's in danger, which I think is kind of normal because you, you would need to assist everybody if they have a problem. Um, but if I do, then I can be also charged for illegal practice of medicine. So it's a kind of gray zone. And I think it's not only in France. Uh, I was talking with a, a, a German comrade not long ago, and he said it's kind of the same thing in, in Germany um, or so, something similar. And I think it's, it's also something that is uh, is related to how we as MSD and self-defense is that, okay, we don't have the diploma. We don't have the, the regular um courses and educations uh done about about uh, medicine work or health work or but i think we can still do a lot of things if we if we are able to focus and you know most of the things that i've done in 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 the past decade uh were not so hard to do but as soon as you know how to do but we're mostly very stressful and so I think uh, as soon as you can manage stress and you are trained to different situations, then it 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 makes the whole thing easier also to do because like taking care of someone even with like a broken limb or a very big open wound or massive bleeding, it's not so complicated. You just need to know what you're doing, be sure that you're doing the good thing, not like make the situation worse. And I think it's, it, also something that everyone could do and there's also a lot of um, organizations uh, close to the state or like more official uh, factors in France that are uh, at the kind of uh, objective to educate the population to first response or um, the, the first um, gesture that you do if someone have a, like a heart attack or something and I think it would be good to to make it like very very normal that everybody go through this this kind of uh, education because then everybody can respond at least a little bit and it it makes the whole health uh, care and 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 medical works a lot easier if everybody can know a bit of it but yeah we are kind of in a gray zone
I like though this this idea of the the the, the riot medicine diploma. I think we should we should edit more of it. <laughs> yeah, maybe MSDN can be the certification body and give them out. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> um, yeah, we we need to look about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I think it's interesting. Um, I was in Palestine last year and I um did a podcast interview with a doctor there and um their organization like in like they have like huge amounts of like volunteer medics who have been trained like to a really high standard to respond but what they have tried to do as well is just like get yeah like you said like as many people as possible with the skills like they've trained over 150,000 people in like how to respond to like gunshot wounds for example because they were finding people were were coming like paralyzed or they weren't getting access to higher care like fast enough and people didn't know like about stopping the bleeding and stuff like this so like even in the UK like after this um uh July 7th bombings like <clears throat> many years ago now um like a lot of the underground stations were kind of um like destroyed and there were like vast amounts of casualties and the the state wouldn't approve the paramedics like going underground because they couldn't like approve that it was like safe if that makes sense so loads of people died and they then created like a government strategy of like actually we just need to train people to like stop bleeding like using tourniquets like using other tools like out of handbag straps or whatever and it's like you know like I don't think it is so radical that like people need their own skills right as much as possible to like relieve pressure from systems and also just to like build autonomy and self-defense like I think it's really important um and you mentioned about like this like managing stress and I think what's interesting about like riot medicine or like being a medic on demos and things is like you might have someone who is like a paramedic or a doctor or something in those situations but actually if you've spent like you know I've been going to demos since I was maybe like 11 years old so if I've spent like over 20 years going to demos like I know how the police react like I know what happens when they try to kettle us I've seen them break people's ribs like I know how arrests work I know how to de-arrest someone and like I think you're right that like okay we might not have like some diploma but actually having like basic medical knowledge and then this like skill set of like navigating a riot or a demo like is super important as well and you can't learn that right other than just loads of practice and time in the t in the sense of like you know regularly participating in struggle does that make any sense yeah yeah sure um i think it's exactly the point like you, you need to practice to know and even though you don't have a diploma you you can have a lot of practice and maybe a lot more than someone who have a diploma but have no practice at all and that that's the the whole thing after there is like i said the whole stress management and the difficult situation trying to treat someone under grenades or something i i've not been facing this situation since a very long time in the street but last time I was facing a very difficult situation, treating someone, trying to treat a very large wound on a leg. Uh, it was in the forest um, during evictions. Um, and yeah, it was kind of difficult because then you need to manage your own stress because you are scared and you are full of stress and emotions. And you need to treat this person right and to clean the wound and stuff and to not forget a very important step of the process. But you also need to take care that a grenade will not 
fell, fall on your face and maybe kill you or wound you so that you're not able to do your job anymore. And so it's this whole mix of different things that makes the, 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 this street medic work very difficult because you're very often in the middle of tension. And even though you can also be at like po medical points that are, um, further away from the big mess, you can still very often be in, inside the, the riot something and in the gas. So you need to manage this. But related, related to what you said, also it, I think it's, it's a mean of control for the state. Um, like, like the example of, of uh, what happened in, in the US. Uh, I think it's a, a mean of control for the state because if we're not able to heal and care for each other, um, even like not professional way, but as, as good as we can, then we are kind of powerless um, because it's, it's the whole principle of, of having a battle. And if you cannot treat your wounded, then you're going to lose the battle because a lot of people would be wounded and it's much more discouraging for the, for the people on this side and, and everything. So if we're not able to care for each other and to heal each other, then we are facing a very, very, very difficult situation. And I think for the state, it's a very, very powerful tool of control. That's why it's also included in our, um, in our uh, program, let's say, of self-defense, I think. Yeah, 100%. And I think like, like, just a side note of like treating our wounded, like for me, that's really like psychological right as well or like emotional um in terms of like the nervous system and trauma and how like you know like our movements can really contribute to burnout and like state repression can really affect people and like yeah there's this like whole other layer of like care in terms of like responding and tending to wounds um but that is a good segue because um I know that you've written this amazing kind of it's Article is probably not the right word because it's like an amazing resource um, from France with gloves. And I'm going to be recording it very soon um, to be published with this series. And it's kind of, you know, like an amazing overview of different weapons used and different injuries and packing lists and all sorts of stuff. Um, but I really love the end where you write that um, facing state violence, care is a political tool of self-defense and empowerment. Um, I just wondered if you could, yeah, expand on what you mean with this statement and like, how do you see care as a political tool? Yeah, sure. <clears throat> um, first of all, I would like to thank also a lot of comrades who um, participate somehow in this um, directly or indirectly to this article. Um, some comrades that uh, brought, uh, gave me testimonies, but also comrades who have a, a website, a French website to List all the wounded and uh, people and people who were killed by the the police in, in every year, and they have like this very very interesting uh, booklet or brochures to explain how the weapons work and how to treat them and how to react and stuff. So we work together a bit, uh, like sending mails, uh, emails back and forth to write this uh, to have their opinion and stuff. And so it was very helpful to be. To be not totally alone on this on this task because um, it's also very much a compilation of uh, a lot of knowledge from different people. Um, but yeah, I, I think that, that what I meant with this sentence is that um, when, when we are facing the, the very state violence, which is kind of directly 
directly like it's cop violence. Um, it's like I said, if we cannot take care of each other, then we are powerless to to win this kind of battle. Because at the end, I think it's a battle. It's it's something that we want freedom and we want equality, and the state says differently. And it, as the the comrades explained in the first and second episode of this podcast uh, theory, it's it's also it's it's something to take care of each other. Self defense for us is also very much broader than just uh, direct defense or like um, physical self-defense or medical self-defense. Um, uh, it's, it's also like how we develop and protect ourselves uh, as a society, as a people. And and it encompasses a lot of things from how we build our relations, how we put food, how we defend ourselves um, physically from different attacks, uh, but also like how how we heal and take care of each other. And, and this, if we talk about MSDN, is, is a very very much um it's, it's the first topic so when we are facing state violence in the street it's because we are uh, expressing a discontent or anger about the politics because they are sitting in the chairs in their fancy desk and, and and they don't really care about what is happening on the ground and they don't really care if they they put a lot of people in the streets or if they are starving the, the people. So it, it's also like a direct means of action to defend ourselves and to create more links between each other. Because when you heal someone, it's, 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 um, it's obviously taking care, but it's also helping in a sense. So, um, I think it, it empowers our movement and it, it creates, uh, another, uh, kind of phase of, of self-defense. In, in the society. Um, because this work, for example, that I was doing, uh, I said I'm, I'm mostly by myself for now, but I'm part of a team. It's just, it's not a team with doing medical, medical work. It's a team with, uh, giving food or drinks in the demos and putting music to light the mood. And so when I am around, I try to distribute masks and, and saline and this kind of a small thing that helps everybody to stay a bit longer in the gas and, and keep the streets, uh, keep the ground to ourselves and, and occupy, let's say, the, the streets and the, the platform for longer. So in this sense, I think it's a, it's a tool of, of empowerment for sure, but also self-defense because we are facing the state in, in some way. And so we are able to do it more efficiently because we can heal each other, we can feed each other. And we can regain a bit of energy with the music, the food. And when we are, uh, I don't know, when you patch a wound of someone, it can go back to, or she or they can come back to the demo and, and continue expressing what they want to express freely. So I think it's, it's very important. Amazing. Yeah, a hundred percent. And, um, yeah, I think what you said is really beautiful and really important. Um, I also know that, uh, before we finish, like you're a you're a herbalist as well, right? Or you you love herbal medicine, or you like? I just wondered, like, how you if you integrate herbal medicine into your street medic work at all? Um, um yeah, I'm I'm kind of a, a herbalist, but not so much. I would say I, I like a lot of practice. I have a diploma, but I like a lot of practice. Uh, I myself not include. Uh, herbs in 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 the street medicine, but uh, some some people, friends or comrades, or 
like some other people around me do it and they 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 make these kind of creams or mostly creams but uh, so some materials to to be used and and yeah i think i i actually always have uh, one of these small cream uh, pots in in my in my backpack in my medic backpack uh, against bruises and stuff like this it's very efficient and at least it's natural so it's uh, it's a good thing to have i think it's something that we should do more as as much as possible i mean bandages are bandages but in terms of uh, cream and and everything that we can use um and create ourselves it's a lot of time and it's a lot of work uh so sadly i i cannot do it very efficiently because i have a lot of other jobs to maintain but uh yeah i would really love to to use it more okay you've inspired me i will do a podcast episode sometime about integrating herbal medicine into your street medic packs um and also just like a random blag like if anyone like needs anything like I love I, I make like a really amazing bruise ointment that we use in Calais that's like super strong super effective I've used it like with like literally hundreds if not thousands of people um in Calais and it's yeah it's like really amazing um for those kind of acute injuries um but yeah is there anything else you'd like to share before we finish um I just want to say this has been like really fantastic and inspiring actually I had one last question which was um like what would your advice be to someone who is like interested in like becoming a street medic or, you know, doing more kind of care work at demos or things like this? Like what would be a good first step for someone? Well, I would say the first thing would be to try and first see if there is the people doing this job around you. And maybe if there are people, so just reach out and say you want to help and try to meet each other in person to talk about how you see the things and how you want to, how you can work together. And if there's not, then maybe you need to create your own group and, and this would be fantastic, uh, wherever you are. And so in this case, it's more difficult, of course, but I think there's plenty of groups also reachable on the internet or in the circles of, of comrades or through MSDN actually, um, to, to teach or to try to, help uh, building a group or to try to acquire the knowledge i would be very glad to help if people want to to start something and they have no local resources i would be glad to help through msdn so you can go on msdn uh, msdnetwork.org and we can talk together for sure it's my pleasure yeah amazing and was there anything else you'd like to share before we finish well just Thank you a lot for inviting me on this podcast and I hope my accent is not so bad. So I would be the usual joke. I would say, excuse my English, but excuse my French. <laughs> I think your accent will be very popular. Don't worry. I think <laughs> it's really nice. Um, <laughs> okay. Amazing. Thank you so much for your time. And um, yeah, speak soon. Thanks so much for listening to the Frontline Herbalism podcast. You can find the transcript, the links, all the resources from the show at solidarityapothecary.org forward slash podcast.